This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. This show is what I'm calling our bonus Women's History Month episode because the guest on our program today is an outstanding woman leader. Our guest is Teresa White. She is the president of AFLAC US. And if you are a frequent listener to this radio station or this program, you are well familiar with our Carathon, where we raise money and have for the last 18 years for the AFLAC Cancer Center and Blood Disorders Service at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Teresa White, thank you for making time to come and to spend some time with our listeners today. Condes, I am so excited to be here. Congratulations. You've been in your role at AFLAC now for about four years, but my sense is it took you a minute to get there. Absolutely. You know, I I often talk about the journey um, of me being, you know, in uh, Dallas, Texas, um, playing in the streets um, with my, you know, parents, uh, my mom telling me, hey, when the street light comes on, you need to get in to now being uh, over a multimillion dollar uh, organization like AFLAC. And it's very exciting Um, to be here. But I I wanted to first just tell you how much I appreciate uh, WSB's um, uh, affinity to the AFLAC Cancer Center. It's a wonderful cause, and I thank you guys uh, for being a part of that for 23 years. You guys are more than welcome. It's the one thing uh, my program director and I talk about, and just on a personal note, when we are long retired and sitting on the in our rocking chairs at those memory care centers, the one thing we're going to remember most in our legacy is the work that we were able to do to tell the stories of those amazing children at the Affleck Cancer Center and to help bring us so much closer uh, to cures for many of the cancers that affect and blood disorders that affect those kids. Well, they are absolutely blessed because you all are doing what you're doing. So I'm going to go back to your question as it relates to the journey. Um, my journey with AFLAC, my journey to AFLAC, to this position, has been one of ups and downs. I'm a, a product of a single-parent uh, family, um, raised in Dallas, Texas, um, went to church a lot. My mother, uh, we always went to church with my grandmother my grandfather. Uh, for some years, we stayed with my grandmother and grandfather until my mother was able to purchase a house. Um, once we came into our new home, I remember I remember the realtor. Is that weird? I remember the realtor who sold us our first house um, in Dallas, Texas. Um, my mother always, my mother and grandmother always said, you will get an education and you will continue to uh, thrive. Uh, and, and what thriving meant for me was, okay, I won't be a statistic. That was my grandmother's thing. You won't be a statistic. And that was always a negative thing. Um, moved to Columbus, Georgia. Uh, went to, went to uh, college, uh, obviously. Um, then moved to Columbus, Georgia. Um, got on with AFLAC. Just started um, just because I, I, it was the only thing going on in Columbus, Georgia at the time. And um, have just worked, just kept my head down and just started working on, um, on me, on what I was really excited about at AFLAC. I had some wonderful projects uh, that I was uh, allowed to participate in and have moved up through AFLAC to president of AFLAC. And all the while, I kept just learning new things on the journey. And it's been wonderful. It's been really great. 
you likely did not achieve this degree of success simply by keeping your head down. You had to have sponsors and champions. Who in the organization helped you move into the role that you have today? Oh, wow. What a great question. Let me let me just say I had sponsors in my church um, and then I had sponsors at Aflac and the perspectives uh, were very different in each. At church, my sponsors would say, look, you're going to be knocked down, but you keep the faith. and you." So that was my spiritual being. And so they kept me healthy from a spiritual perspective. But then at work, I had people who gave me projects, gave me, you know, incentives to say, here, this is something that you can do. Even when I didn't really know whether I had the skill set to do it, they basically set me on a path. But then they would hold the mirror up to me. So sometimes I thought, oh, I'm doing a great job. And they would come back and say, well, let's talk about what great looks like. And they would give me perspectives. And, and it was up to me to either take that perspective or to say or reject that perspective. And normally what I would do is I would take that perspective because what we all know is, you know, what people think, you know, their, their perspective is their reality. And so I would always look at that and say, okay, then how do I change their perception of what they see of me? and make sure that they see what I want them to see of me. And so it's been a very interesting journey, and I've had a number. My my leaders have been uh, mentors. Certainly our CEO, Dan Amos, has been a huge mentor in my career. But you have to be willing to listen to the hard feedback, and I've had a lot of that. I want to go back to when you were a high school senior, getting ready to go to college, opportunities presented to you, and you chose to study computer science. Why? Yes. I mean, because well, black girls code is, is the in <laughs> and the rage for yes. our kids today. But I'm thinking when we were students, there surely were not that many women in that field of study and certainly not that many women of color in that field of study. Well, I, I mentioned earlier, Contis, that in my church, one of the things that I did is I had mentors spiritually. Well, two of the ladies, and I don't know what the odds are of this, but two of the young ladies who helped me with my code were members of my church. One worked for Radio Shack, the other worked for Mobile Oil, and both of them were coders. And so I saw that in them, and I said, you know, this may be something that I might be interested in as well. So that's why, you know, I love making sure that I expose young girls to all uh, walks of life so that they can know that they don't have to just be what they see in their household. They can be whatever they decide that they want to be. And I want to give them that opportunity to, ex- I want to have the opportunity to expose them to various people because then it may kind of ignite something in them to say, you know, maybe I want to be like Condes, for example. <laughs> Were there any struggles for you in your studies coming through, or did you oh, just certainly. keep your head down and, and do the work? No, certainly. There, there were a number of struggles. Uh, there were times where um, I felt I was misunderstood. Um, I tend to be more extroverted, uh, or I'm sorry, introverted than extroverted, and um, so there were times when 
you know, I was alone, um, at least seemingly alone in my own thoughts, and but I was among people, and there was an expectation that I would, you know, be a lot more jovial and talkative, and I was not because the inner me is truly more introverted than I appear to be or that my job would have me to be. So people would misunderstand that and they would think that maybe I was a little stuck up or they, you know, oh, so she, you know, she she doesn't want to talk to us. And so those were issues that I had to overcome. Um, There were also issues where Sometimes I didn't understand things, and I was afraid to ask questions. Why? Oh, gosh. Um, we, we, we deal with this today. Um, I do a program called um, Bold Moves in Yeah, we're going to get to that. But um, the reason is because I felt like I should not have to ask those questions. I felt like everyone else knew the answers or everyone else understood because they all shook their heads and nodded their heads as if they did. And so I felt it was just me, and I did not want to be called out because, remember, I'm more introverted than um, I may appear. And so I did not want to raise my hand to let people know that I did not understand. And that was, I mean, that was a big issue for me. How did you overcome that? I I literally um, had... um, women in my life um, at the church who would pull me up and say, you know, I don't know that you truly understand this. Why aren't you asking questions? And I would say, well, you know, and I would try and explain a little bit about what I understood. And then they would say, no, the point is no one understands everything. And it was those simple words to me of, you know, no one understands everything. And then they told me, look around. There are other people who are just like you who don't understand, but they're afraid. So why don't you just ask the question for them? (laughs) And it was just a totally different perspective. And I decided, okay, well, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to just ask the question. And so now in my career, the funny thing is, uh, people who work for me, they um, I'm often kind of dubbed as the person who will ask a lot of questions. And what I find is asking questions gives people the opportunity to provide insight into what they're doing, but it also gives you an opportunity to understand their logic and how they're thinking about a situation. So in business, that has truly become, to me, a differentiator for me in the business environment, and it's helped me in my career. Is the support that you received from the women in your church and from the leaders at AFLAC the reason that you feel so strongly about mentoring young people, especially young girls, and the reason why you began the Bold Moves program? Absolutely. Um, you know, and there was another piece in there. You know, as I continued, you know, I, I said earlier that I, you know, kept my head down and and really was uh, very much involved in trying to uh, move my career in a certain direction. Um, there's also this thing where I said, you know, I've, I've really arrived in certain, you know, my journey um, has given me so many opportunities and I reached so many uh, great milestones in my own career. And I started feeling bad about not giving back as much as I felt that I should be. 
And so, um, but the reason I didn't was because, or the reason I gave myself was because um, I did a lot of traveling. And I, I, I did not want to commit to something that I would not be able to sustain, especially to young girls. Um, and what I realized is I started talking to a group of women who worked with me, and they all felt the same way. And I literally said, you know, then why don't we all uh, work together to go to, you know, create a program and go to Girls, Inc., for example, and say, we want to create this program for you. And, and if I'm not here, you're here. And, and we can just make sure that our calendars work and we'll make the commitment together. And that's what we did. Started off with about uh, four to five women and now over 100 women um, who participated in an eight-week program for Girls Inc. called Bold Moves. Tell us more about it. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about the program um, because I think what the program does is it gives voice to the, the young girls um, who really are trying to find their voice. And I think for a long time, for me, that's what all of the, hmm, I'm not really sure, I don't want to ask the question, that type of thing. They come into the program. It's eight weeks. Um, it's an hour seminar. And then after we do the hour, then we have Q&A. And we allow the girls to actually just ask whatever questions that they want to ask. Um, it can be about body shaming. It can be about um, their presence on the Internet yeah, it's about resume writing. It's about college, their journey to college, um, entrepreneurship, because some of the girls don't have a journey to college, but they want to be entrepreneurs. So um, what we try and do is we bring, young, we bring uh, professional women to Girls, Inc., and once we do the seminar, the one hour, then we basically have them to ask questions of the women who are there. Uh, we've had Mayor Teresa Tomlinson there. Um, she's uh, the iHeart Radio's been there, um, just various uh, people from all walks, um, so that we're not telling them because it started off as an Aflac thing. It was just my Aflac family that went there with me. Then, as we started listening to the girls and understanding their needs, then we said, you know, this is bigger than just where we are. We need to, you know, pull in more people. And so we, we've got, um, uh, you know, police officers, lawyers, um, judges uh, that come and talk to the girls and give them a perspective of how they have reached the pinnacle of their careers. At what point do you expand Bold Moves beyond the Columbus area? Well, it's really interesting you said that. Um, I, we have a field force. Uh, AFLAC has a field force. Uh, across the U.S. And uh, last year, I had a young woman who had heard about it and said, Teresa, I really want to start this program. And so um, I got him in touch with Darcy, who is the person who has helped me facilitate the program. And I said, let's give her the framework of the program and how we've run it. Um, we try and make sure that it it counts for their nonprofit status. So it's not just something we put together. It's something that we're really serious about making sure that the girls have, you know, we do a baseline test right before, then we do a test right after, after they finish the sessions. 
And um, we want to make sure that there's movement in their understanding, learning. And I mean, we so so we already have people who are looking to establish bold moves outside of Columbus, Georgia. What is the age range of girls who are able to participate in the Bold Moves program? Well, the girls who participate are normally about 13 to 17 years of age. And what we're trying to do is catch them very early um, and and start talking to them because many of them aren't really thinking about college yet. They're not, they're they're in their day-to-day. And so we're trying to catch them early enough to where they, you know, we want to kind of impact um, some of their decisions. And then they move into now I'm ready to go to college. Now what do I do? And so um, this is the first time that many of the young ladies have even contemplated whether they could even go to college. Um, Some of them are getting scholarships. Um, We had one young lady who, uh, Seychelles Hercules, she uh, was Miss Columbus. Um, She, she, I mean, so they, it just brings out so much in the young ladies to the point where when we saw them at 13, they were a totally different person than when we see them when they graduate the program. So at 13, I come back for each of the eight sessions year after year until I graduate? Absolutely, absolutely. And what we do is every year uh, when they come back, we ask them to bring a parent or influential person in their lives um, to see them kind of walk across the stage. And every year we enhance the program. So, you know, initially the program was really run by all of the women who volunteered. Then the next year we say, you know, we saw in this young lady that she she says she wants to be a radio broadcaster. For example. For example. And so we said, you know, why don't we have her facilitate the Q&A? Why don't we... So we're. it's not just about telling them. What we're trying to do is find experiences that really connect with or align with what they're trying to accomplish in their lives so that they can get the experience of what that looks like. Now, sometimes it's tough because... They come in and they're talking very softly. And you're like, no, we can't hear you. We, we can't hear you. And, but we try and create a safe enough space for them to where we can provide them with that feedback so that then they can change their behavior. And it's been a great, great program. Teresa, would you say you're living your best life today? I would. I would. I don't, I don't know that I would change anything Um, Even, you know, I I always say, um, you know, every promotion that I've received, it's just been a bigger stage. And, you know, sometimes you flub up. Sometimes you just trip and fall and you just get back up and you get back up and you say, okay, today's a new day and you keep moving. And that's really my my, you know, thing in life is as long as I can keep moving then I know that I'm going in my direction. I'm going in the right direction because my journey is not finished. Um, I have a lot that I can offer, not just to the community, but also to all, not just to the AFLAC community, but to the community at large. And I'm very excited about that. What is the one thing you want the girls who participate in the Bold Moves program to leave that program knowing? That they have a voice 
that they have a voice and they have choices. Um, the Bold Moves program has not been successful if people walk out of that program and not feel that they have a voice in their communities. And what I'm seeing is many of the girls are taking that and they're doing their own thing. I mean, we, we had a young lady who we did not know that she knew sign language until we started saying, you know, we do this program and we invite your parents and we want you to walk across the stage, but now we want you to participate in the program. So um, one, was go- one young lady, uh, Michaela, was going to do the prayer. Ava was going to uh, do another prayer, and she said, I'd want to do it in sign language. We all looked at each other. What What are you talking about? Well, her voice, she found it. She, her uh, father, um, she, she did sign language with her father. He he was not able to um, hear. And so we, we all looked at each other, and we were like, we had no idea, Ava. And she's like, yes. And so she did sign language. Um, with the prayer. And then she said, and I'd like to play the ukulele. Who plays the ukulele? Apparently Ava does. She does. And we didn't know that. But Ava, when she started with us, was a very, very quiet young lady. And she had so many gifts that she did not know were valuable um, to anyone but her. And at the end of the program, or she's still in the program, but at the end of that year of the program, she now found of her voice and she sees how important that is for us to know that for people to know so i that success for me is what i saw in ava the women who inspired you to study computer science your mother the inspirational leaders around you at aflac what do they all say about you and your success today and the way you continue to pay it forward? Um, Many of the women are always saying, we're just so proud of you. And um, many of them say it very softly, you know, I'm just so proud of you. And that to me means volumes um, because uh, that's pretty much what most people want is for people to be proud of them. And um, that that fills my cup. It it makes me burn. It, it it's it's great for me. So um, that's what they say. And how can we find out more about bold moves? Well, we we continue to uh, be on the website of Girls Inc. in the Chattahoochee Valley. Um, so we will continue to do wonderful things. And actually, I'll start posting some things actually on my um, LinkedIn and on my. Um, uh, Facebook site so that uh, people can see it. But um, Girls Inc., whether it's in Columbus, Georgia, whether it's in Atlanta, Georgia, um, people can get involved. And I think if there's anything that I want people to take from this is that, you know, if you're sitting on the sidelines watching, you know, things happen and you're thinking, you know, what can I do? There are so many great charities that you can go and volunteer and be a part of. Pick one. Pick one. Whatever your gift is, give it. Give that gift to whether it's young women, whether it's young men, um, because there are so many people who are in need. And at the end of the day, they don't know what our journey is, especially professional people. They just see you for who you are today. 
And I have to always remind even my children was not always here. So it they benefit from understanding where you've come from and the, and knowing the steps. You know, I failed here. Um, I've, I've, I've done something. I, I did something and should not have done that. But guess what? I learned from it. And it's building a muscle that I think our kids need to have. Teresa White, president of AFLAC U.S., thank you for your time. Thank you. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, condo 29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.